Start recording. Stop recording. Button. Hello, everybody. This is Chanel Patrice Hancock from Chanel's Language Learning Journey podcast. It's October 17th, 2020, and I am re-recording an interview that I did last Sunday on the lovely 11th of October 2020 with Dr. Harold Goodman, who was the student of Michelle Thomas for 10 years. And he's also the creator of the Mandarin Michelle Thomas courses. This episode is two hours and six minutes long in length. I hope you enjoy it. I had to re-record this episode in a different way because it didn't work very well on Skype. So I'm sorry that the quality isn't as good as it usually is. Um, I want to thank Dr. Goodman for coming on to the show, speaking about his um, learning Michelle's method um, and other topics that we talked about as well on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you to Anchor FM for sponsoring the show and everyone out there who has continued to listen, subscribe. We're at 16.1k listens in 111 countries, 43 states here in the U.S. I wanted to keep going so we can get to 20k before New Year's Eve, which would be great. Um, thank you so much. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the podcast show. Remember, language learning is a journey, not a race. Enjoy the podcast. And I'll see you guys in the next episode of Chanel's Language Learning Journey podcast. speak.
pounds. And I was like, I, I don't see anything difficult. <laughs> Maybe writing and reading, yes. But speaking, not so much. So I'm just curious, like, what made you want to team up with the Michelle Thomas method to create Mandarin? Did you have a affinity for, for Mandarin, or did you travel to... Let me say a, a few things to give some context. First of all, I knew Michelle Thomas, and I studied with Michelle Thomas for 10 years before Sue Hart, mm-hmm. Otter, ever even knew that he existed. Oh, wow. Okay, they came on the scene about eight or nine years after I had been with Michelle Thomas. And I knew Sue Hart very, very well. And she was the person who got Michelle to sign a contract, which he was very hesitant to do. And later, much later, Sarah came on the scene after, well, she came on later on. Right. And I have been with Michelle, before anybody ever heard of him, as far as these courses, publishing these courses. He did not want his courses published. He did not want anyone to figure out how he did what he did, because he believed if they did, they would steal his material, which they did. Right. And so what's happened essentially is um, even when the documentary BBC Two did a documentary, which um, is entitled "The Language Master," and that was shown all over the United Kingdom in the 1990s, uh-huh. and it attracted the attention of Hodder and Sue Hart. Approached Michelle Thomas because of that documentary and because it was so famous and because really um, they, they realized that this is something that is going to be very valuable to do and they did it so I was with Michelle the whole time before that for many many years before that way before any of this started and I'm the only person who he ever taught how he did what he did oh wow I'm the only person who learned how to do these courses as he did, who knew the methodology for creating a course from scratch, and who really, um, I believe, is the most accurate and faithful example of what Michelle Thomas was doing. So I go back a, a real long ways. And I, you know, this is so interesting to me because. As a language learner in my own right, um, you know, as a hobby more so than anything, Michelle Thomas was the first course I picked up from the library like five years ago. And I used his, I used the Russian course that Natasha Bersapsky had done. And I mean, I, it was like 
this? Why didn't I have this when I went to university <laughs> like 20 years ago and, and uh, be able to, you know, constantly speak a language? You know, because who wants to go through grammar drills and, uh, you know, conjugating verb tenses and memorizing case endings and nobody. You know, they just want to be able to be understood and to understand other people and be able to communicate. And, I mean, I, I watched the, the documentary that he had done on YouTube, and I was quite uh, impressed, you know, what I had seen. Because, I mean, in academia circles, you know, they, that's what they teach you, rote learning. And, you know, it, it doesn't work. And I, I found, you know, I mean, there are people that are skeptics because... They just are um, about the method, but I mean, I literally have every course there is in this catalog, and you know, I was like, oh, this is, I, I like this. I'm going to stick with this. You know, this works. You know, because there's no no books involved. No, you know, you you will remember, you know, what you learn. Now, I mean, evidently, I, I do have to advise people, you might want to go back, you know, and revise, but you, you know, the first go around, you're not going to remember every single thing, but you're going to remember a nice chunk of it. And for me personally, uh, when I touched the Mandarin course, and I touched it for like four days, two to three days, but the first day I, I had learned so much of it that, you know, I, I was quite skeptical because, you know, everybody and their mother is learning Mandarin, and the first Asian language I learned was Cantonese last year, and then a little bit of Japanese, and uh, some Thai. So, for me, you know, I stepped out of my own comfort zone and learned a little bit, and I mean... It, I liked how it was done. You know, I mean, well, it was the first time I've, I've heard someone use uh, physical body gestures, like with your hands, in order to describe the, the tones and, and how they're spoken. And I love the fact that the tones were, you know, the pronunciation was something that was drilled into you. It wasn't just like you, you did it a couple times and that was it. You know, I got a lot out of that, and I, I do have to say that I haven't done the intermediate or the vocabulary builder yet, but I will. Um, I do have to say the foundation course was, like, rock solid. I mean, and it, 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 it was something new for me because, evidently, I had a better appreciation of spoken Mandarin as opposed to written Mandarin, because I just enjoy the process of speaking with people. So I'm just curious, like, because you you were, you know, um, when did you decide, or who came to you? Did you go to Sarah and Sue, or did you, or did they come to you and ask you to create the course? I'll tell you what happened, Chanel, was this. 
I had been with Michelle Thomas for about eight or nine years at that point. Uh-huh. By the way, I want to mention that if people want to know all the details about this, I have a YouTube channel, Harold Goodman, G-D-M-A-N, Harold Goodman. And I actually have a little, um, it's about 25 or so minutes, I have a description in there of what happened. Happen. I talk about this. This is something that was created for the Polyglot Conference 2020, which is it's virtual, and they asked me to do a virtual presentation. So I also posted it on my channel. Okay. Yeah, and that's going to be on the Polyglot Conference that's taking place in just, I guess, a week or so from now. Mm -hmm. So I am doing this presentation my 10 years with Michelle Thomas. And I think it's a very good um, thing for people who are interested to learn more about this to watch. The second thing is I have a, a website where I'm devoting a lot of time to posting material on these things. Okay. So anyone who's interested in that can go to my website, www.learnitarium, L-E-A-R-N-E, T-A-R-I-U-M Learnitarium.com and you'll find a, a section there on language and related things and I plan to have many more posts because, and we can get to this in a little bit, I'm working now on the next Michelle Thomas course which is going to be Hebrew Really? Yes, yes Oh I've been, wow Yeah, I, for the, they've been asking me for many years to do Hebrew and it's one of my areas of expertise. I lived in Israel for many years. I'm fluent in and I teach Hebrew. And this is going to be a thing that will be for modern Hebrew, but right. modern Hebrew is based on biblical Hebrew. Right. So if you go through my course in modern Hebrew, you will actually have a head start to be able to read the Bible in the original Hebrew. Now that's freaking awesome. That is absolutely unbelievable, and I would, I'm looking forward to, and I'll talk about this more on my website, learnitarium.com. I'm going to actually create an online course to learn, to, to learn biblical Hebrew. So you'll be able to read the Bible in the original Hebrew. And we can get into that another time, but, but basically, to answer your question, I was with him for a long time. And he um, he held his cards very close to to his chest. He didn't want anyone to know anything about anything he was doing. During World War II, he was in three concentration camps. He didn't trust. He had very good reasons not to trust people because if he trusted people, he could be killed. He was, you know, I'm a doctor. I've been a physician now for almost 30 years. And mm-hmm. one since I use these hand gestures and other things, it's based mm-hmm. on neurology. It's based mm-hmm. on, yeah, the neurology of the human being. When we move our body parts and do different things, we're actually using different nerves. And I figured out from my understanding of neurology and musculoskeletal medicine how mm-hmm. to how to embed all of this stuff in the body. And I created a method because Michelle Thomas couldn't teach Chinese. 
he couldn't teach a tonal language. He was incapable right. of doing that because he didn't know what to do with the tones. Right. It's just like German, for example. If you ever studied a German course uh-huh. and, and you have studied German on the side, you'll realize his German course is, is the weakest course he's done because he doesn't want to really deal with the declensions. He doesn't want to deal with all the cases and everything else because right. it's just too complicated. So what he does is he has you fudge it. He doesn't have you really take it on in, in the way he does with the Romance languages like Italian and Spanish and French. Right. Um, however, when it came to tonal languages, he was clueless and he couldn't do it. And that's the reason. So I created an entire method, which you mentioned before with the hand gestures and colors as well. Oh yeah, because I noticed that. I was like, oh wow, he used the colors of the of the of the Chinese flag, which was awesome, and I was I was really getting into that. I was like, oh. So I actually am an amazingly creative person because I deal with very very difficult medical problems. Right. I'm the doctor who people come to after no one else has been able to help them. And I- and so I have to problem solve all the time. Every day I go to my office for almost 30 years, I problem solve. People come in and I sit down with them and I talk with them, but mainly I put my hands on them, which is a lost art in medicine. And I can feel what's going on in their body and I figure out ways based on my examination with my hands to figure out what their body is doing and why it's doing it and how to change it. Right. And it's it's mind boggling. So I just you when I had my sinusitis issue. <laughs> you, know, you just come on over here to Maryland, we'll take care mm-hmm. of you. <laughs> yeah, because I woke up one one it was right after July fourth. I was healthy as a horse. I woke up and had nothing but sinus pressure going through my face, my eyes, my cheeks, my nose, my head. And it was so bad. I was feeling pressure from the back of my neck going down my body. Well, what I, what I would suggest you do, Chanel, is go online, download a chart on foot reflexology. Mm-hmm. And if you download a chart on foot reflexology, this is not what I do in my office. I have more sophisticated ways of dealing with this, but this is for people at home who want to do something for themselves. And right underneath the toes on the... Mm-hmm bottom part of the foot there are little points and if you touch them you'll find some of them are acutely tender and if uh-huh. you massaging them and working with them your sinus problem will go away oh wow yeah in fact i'll tell you an interesting thing just on the side my husband who i've been with for 35 years he um he's kind of like a, a treatment junkie he loves uh-huh. to get uh, she was, likes, you know, likes people to give him treatments for different things. And he had eaten a big, big bunch of food in record time. And he was sitting in a chair and he was like, oh, I, my stomach is killing me. Oh, I'm so... So I said, come on over here. So I was sitting in a chair. He lay on his back. He put his feet on my lap. And I found the tender points for the stomach and for the intestine and for all these things. And after about 10 minutes, his pain was 100% gone. Oh, wow. So, again, this is not about language, but this is how I think. This is, right. a, this is giving you some information on 
how I'm a very practical person when it comes to solving problems. I had a medical student who was an engineer before she became a doctor. She said to me, you think like an engineer. You basically take a problem and you figure out how to solve it. That's what I did with Mandarin Chinese. Oh, That's wow. what I did with, Mandar- with Michelle Thomas method. And I will say, with all due respect to Michelle, I believe I teach better than Michelle. It's, it's not only that I have a sense of humor, which he totally lacked. It's not only that I'm very innovative when it comes to you know, using the physical body and colors and all these other things. Right. I designed the course so that it's a lot of fun for the students and they really learn it well. And yeah, I noticed that because sometimes when you're listening to something, it doesn't matter what language it is, you will fall asleep. And I did not fall asleep. And I'll get and, and the Hebrew course is gonna be gonna blow you out of the water. Right before we have this interview today, I spent time teaching two of my nephews. I've been teaching them now for five months every week, Hebrew. Mm-hmm. Teaching them Hebrew, and both of them are dyslexic. One of them is so dyslexic that when he went to college, he had to get special permission to not use textbooks because he couldn't he, he couldn't read, couldn't do anything with textbooks. He just can't remember. These guys are learning modern Hebrew, and they're doing so well. And they're like in their early twenties, and they are like you know guys in their early twenties who just you know they say. Girls just want to have fun. Well, they also just want to have fun. And these two guys are just, you know, they're not interested in languages or anything like that. They tell me now this is the favorite time of their entire week is to study with Uncle Harold. And so what we're doing is I'm, I'm working with them now for five months every week with Hebrew. And I'm asking them questions. Well, how, how would you remember this? Like today, I'm using a certain color, for example. Hebrew is a, a language that distinguishes between masculine and feminine, like a lot of languages, so, which Mandarin doesn't do, as you know. And so anyway, what happens is I say, well, what color would you use for feminine if you had to use a color? And they said red. So today I decided to make all of the feminine stuff in Hebrew red. And I, and I also created a um, hand gesture for it. And it works like a charm. They got it 100%. And for the rest of their life, they're going to know when something is feminine. You know, you don't have to memorize or learn the masculine because anything that's not feminine is masculine. It's very easy. Right. So getting back to Mandarin, Michelle Thomas didn't tell them about me. He didn't want them to know about me. Michelle Thomas wanted to control everything himself. He was the kind of person who refused to delegate anything because he didn't trust anyone. Yeah, he liked me very much. I had known I was visiting with him for 10 years, but he wanted to control every single thing. And Sue Hart will tell you she may have told you on the interview that he didn't want to sign a contract. Oh, yeah. It was pulling teeth to get him to sign the contract. He finally did. And in 2005, January 2005, he died. And they're like, 
well, how are we going to do more courses? And there was a woman named Rose Hayden who had worked with him off and on over the years with some supplementary work. And how do you know about her? And Rose Hayden said, there's Harold Goodman. Harold Goodman's been with Michelle Thomas for 10 years. He knows more about what Michelle Thomas does than anyone in the world. And they said, Harold Goodman? Who the hell is Harold Goodman? <laughs> she put them in touch with me. Sue got in touch with me. And through Sue, I, I began this thing. And, and finally they said to me, listen, we want a course in Mandarin. And I said, well, good luck, because I don't know Mandarin. And they said, but you know the method. And I said, yeah, that's true. And they said, if you can create a course in Mandarin, and we'll have it go through a bunch of people who are native Mandarin speakers to check it out, make sure that you're not a fraud, then we will give you a contract. So what I did was I went out, and I've taught myself a lot of languages. Mm -hmm. and I learned way back that, and you said this, Chanel, so I'll just echo it again. If you want to learn a language, don't study it in school or a university. And don't use most of the textbooks and stuff out there like, you know, um, Rosetta Stone or these other pieces of, you fill in the expletive. And yeah, they don't work. And there are all of these things, they don't work. They advertise you'll be fluent, you'll do this, you'll do that. Yeah. Well, at the end of spending a lot of money and time, you realize you can't hold a conversation in the language. You can't do anything. You can basically say, you know, something like, hello, how are you? Do you like the weather today? And then the conversation ends. And so essentially what Michelle Thomas did and is doing and what I am continuing on is you're learning how to communicate in this language without any notes, without any review, without any textbook. It's basically like we're talking now. And I asked you before, Chanel, do you remember what I said about my nephews who I'm teaching Hebrew? What about their emotional, you know, are, 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 do they have any issues in learning? Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. They have dyslexia. One can't dyslexia. read textbooks. Yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you just practice to remember that? No. Did you write it down? No. That's how the Michelle Thomas method works. And this is how I taught Chinese. This is how I'm going to teach you to speak Hebrew. And to speak Hebrew in a way that you can talk about anything you want. Walk into a restaurant. You can walk into a department store in Israel. You can talk to Israelis who are native speakers. And right. so, and it's very, very, very amazing. And as you know, it works incredibly well. I believe and I've had a lot of contact with other people who teach languages. I believe this is the absolute most sophisticated, most effective way of learning a language that exists and that may right. ever existed. And furthermore, I'm taking this to the next level because not only did I study with Michelle Thomas, and not only am I a creative kind of problem-solving God mm -hmm. who loves languages and who is not an egotist and a paranoid like he was, 
Um, I'm also someone who's studied with other teachers. There's a teacher by the name of Boris Shachman, who taught all the people in the New York Times and the Moscow Bureau of Russian. CNN, he taught them all Russian. ABC, he taught them all Russian. And he has a method that is even more mind-blowing than a lot of what Michelle Thomas did, except he never made any recordings, and he only taught Russian. It so happens I spent three years studying with him and studying his method. And uh, I love to meet him. Oh, my God. Unfortunately, <laughs> he's six feet under. He's dead. But, but what happened is this. I made audio recordings of every single meeting that we ever had. And I also, at the very beginning, I said to him, the only reason I'm studying with you is I want to learn your method. How did you teach all of these people in the New York Times, ABC News, CNN, the State Department, CIA, everything else? I'm here in Maryland next to Washington, D.C., so we have all these people. How did you teach them? And he said, I'll teach you everything that I know. And he did. And then, you know, he died. But the good news is I learned it all. And I have Go ahead. That is interesting. I'm that type of person. If if someone's willing to teach me something, I will soak it up like a sponge. Well, then you're going to love these courses because i got to tell you... um, What I'm doing with Hebrew is even on another level higher than Mandarin. And then what I plan to do, and you'll, you'll see it on my website, learnatarium.com, and, and eventually on my YouTube channel, Harold Goodman, you'll see and you'll read about things I'm working on, projects I have. And I plan to do a hell of a lot of stuff in the years that I'm going to be given by God the remaining years of my life to just get people so that not only can they learn languages like we're talking here but they can learn anything right so thomas method is not just for learning languages i don't know if you know this he actually set up a school in california and he used his method to teach all the subjects and that's awesome yeah and it was I mean, the guy was brilliant. Um, he was his own worst enemy in that he was, you know, he, he had all of these emotional and other things going on, but he was brilliant. He's a genius. And I got to spend 10 years studying with him. And like I said, you know, no one else ever did this. Um, so I have a lot of stuff that I want to share with people, and I intend to do it. You know, it's interesting to me because, I mean, I've tried Pimsleur. I didn't touch Rosetta Stone because I just knew it was a waste of time. Um, and, and then on top of that, it was extremely expensive. Um, I would have to say as someone that's an auditory learner and learns everything by ear anyway, picking up his, I, I mean, like, I know this sounds crazy, but I would take a foundation course, regardless of what the language was, and I would just go through it, like, the whole seven hours. And then, after I finished, I would just go up, record a video on Facebook, and put it on Facebook, 
whatever language group I was in to get feedback from people. And they were like, how the heck did you learn this much Japanese in seven hours? Uh, Michelle Thomas, Japanese Foundation Coolers. <laughs> now, now, mind you, I did three and a half hours like at one sitting, and then I took a break for an hour. Then I went back to, the, to it and finished the rest of it. So, but I do tell people, I was like, uh, you know, once you finish both of the courses, you kind of have to supplement with other things, you know, to keep building your house. And I said, you know, I gave them resources that I found for free that you can use that's accessible. And uh, they were like, why do you keep going back to this course? I love it because I enjoy it. It's something that's, you know, now it's expensive. But it's worth it. Well, take all the money that you spend on the other courses that don't work. You know, it's funny. I would go. I tell people go to the library first, try it out, and then if you like it, then go get it. Yeah. You know, and YouTube. Yeah. Because you can find most of it on YouTube too. Yeah, but that's stolen. That's pirated. Yeah. And I and I have to tell you, um, there's no incentive for people like me. Several years to make that course, and then have people steal all my material, and I don't, I don't get compensated for all my hard work. Right. You know, everybody has to earn money somehow. It's not fair to other people's stuff. But I'll go. I'll just tell you to finish up what I was saying about Mandarin, how I did it. So I didn't know Mandarin. Right. But I knew how to learn it. And so what I did was I went out and I bought all of these courses and textbooks on Mandarin. And I went through them and I I figured out all the basic patterns. Mm -hmm. Because the way you learn a language is pattern identification. Right. And so I I figured out the basic patterns of Mandarin. And then I figured out what I need to do to get people to learn them. And the patterns are the house. So Michelle Thomas says, I give you the house, and then you can furnish it yourself with your own furniture. Uh, So the furniture is the vocabulary. And we teach a certain amount of vocabulary, but the purpose of the vocabulary is to learn the structure, the structure being the house. Uh What I did was I did that, and then I searched around and I found a woman Dung Jin Tao, who was a really, really highly educated Mandarin speaker, also a wonderful teacher. And I said, listen, you're going to not only help me write this course as a consultant, make sure that everything that is in here is 100% the way you would say it to your friends and family in Mandarin, but you're also going to do all the pronunciation during the course. So they will have an authentic Mandarin native speaker giving the pronunciation. And so she for all of the all the stuff in the courses. And then I tested it on people. I did a lot of pilot testing and I worked out all the kinks. And then I presented it to Hotter and they said, Hey, this is amazing. And our native Chinese consultants who went through the course, they say that this is the real deal. So that was the foundation. Then there was you know, stuff that was added to that. I did three levels. 
and I hope to do the same for Hebrew. So that's how it happened. And, and subsequently, I went to Taiwan, mm-hmm. and I was in the National Taiwan University mm-hmm. um, summer course. It's a special summer course entirely in Mandarin. Oh, wow. Help people improve their Mandarin. And I got there, and like everybody there is from some PhD program at Harvard or Stanford or wherever. And they're all there to do their high-level Chinese. And here there's Harold Goodman, who never studied Chinese in a classroom. And they're like, what the hell do we do with this guy? (laughs) And it turns out that I did fantastically well. And it blew their minds, because they're like some of the number one teachers of Mandarin in the world. The program has been around for a real long time. Uh And they didn't know what to do with me. But I did really, really, really well there. And I came back, I had a ball. And then subsequently I went to mainland China. I went to Tianjin. Uh My my eldest sister was invited as a professor to lecture there and she brought me along. And so I spent the whole time I was there for like a month just studying Chinese. I got private tutors and because I'm a doctor and I'm interested in Chinese medicine, I went to the Chinese medical school there, the Tianjin College of Traditional Chinese Medicine, uh-huh. Mandarin, and I went to the clinic and I spent time with this amazing Chinese doctor, and uh, I spent a whole month with him there. So I I went from nothing in Mandarin, and and the bottom line is this: I can figure out how to teach pretty much anything because like I said I problem solve and the goal is to get people to function in the language right like you said this is spoken these are spoken instruction courses you will not learn how to read and write Chinese characters but what I did and I tell people in the course I say listen if you can read and write but you can't speak who cares? But if you can speak, you can always ask people, what does this mean? What, and could you tell me what that says in Chinese? Right. And I'll tell you. And the other thing also is this, and this is something that helps us to put things in context. I had a friend named Dan Bensky who was in Michigan. And as an undergraduate in the 1970s, before Chinese was really popular, he was at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor, and he signed up for Chinese. And the guy is a freshman, and everybody in the course is like a PhD candidate. They're graduate students. And the Chinese teacher came to him, and she said, you're too stupid to learn Chinese. And he's, Dan is a very, very smart man. He's very funny, too. And he said to her, Mrs. Ye, there are over a billion people who speak Chinese. I'm sure some of them are even more stupid than me. So the bottom line is this. Most people who speak Mandarin, it's not their native language. Right. As you know, there are over 70 million people who speak Cantonese, which you mentioned you, you studied. 
there are people who speak Shanghainese, there are Hakka, Taiwanese, there are all of these languages, Chinese languages. Right. And so their native language is not Mandarin. They've learned Mandarin as a second language. And so you could certainly learn Mandarin at least as well as these people. So, you know, just if you want to do it, take the course and you'll do it. You'll come out speaking Mandarin. As far as supplementary stuff, people ask me all the time, what do I do for supplementary stuff? Michelle Thomas had supplementary courses. But I must tell you that he didn't teach them. What he did was he had people on call who were fluent speakers of these languages. Say he has someone who was a native French speaker. So you took a course with him and you learned French so that you could have conversations and stuff. He gave you the house and he gave you enough vocabulary so that you were able to, you know, get up get going and do whatever you need to do. But say you use it for business or you want to use it for studying French literature or whatever. Right. He would hook you up with somebody who was an expert in that area and you would just converse with them. And they knew enough about his methods so that they would be able to work with you. Right. What I recommend to people to do is this, and I'm doing this now with another language. Go to italki.com and get your and and find somebody who is going to talk with you, speak with you in the language. And I do this for an hour once a week with somebody, and she's an amazing teacher. Mm-hmm. She's she's got me so that I've gotten to the next level in my language. Mm-hmm. I have to tell you, you know. Before this site, there may be other sites like it. I'm not familiar with them. But italki, and I have nothing to do with italki, and I'm not trying to give them any business, but this is what works for me, and this is what I recommend people do. Find a native speaker who is willing to just have you speak with them in the language and do it, like, once or twice a week. And I guarantee you that you will make a hell of a lot of progress you know you um i never did italki but i did find people to speak with when i was learning russian five years ago and and mind you i'm an auditory learner so evidently it was difficult to even find auditory material five years ago in russian um here in the states well because i live in ohio so of course it was difficult but the internet was my friend. I went on hellotalkspeaky.com. I did Skype. I WhatsApp, uh, Facebook Instant Messenger. I, you name it, I did it in order. And I even went on Facebook and joined language groups where people were learning that particular language and made friends that way. And I actually spoke to my, did a lot of speaking to myself and recording myself, whether it was audio or whether I just put my camera on and start speaking. And then I threw it up on Facebook and let people see what I had done. And I got feedback that way. And I just kept doing it for like, I spoke for a year and then I did a lot of listening for a year. Like probably about 18 hours a day, seven days a week. And um, 
you know, whether it was Putin in the background or Mar- Maria Zaporovnaya or uh, Sergey Lavrov or I would listen to uh, Andrea Zajimsev's uh, movies, um, Elena or Leviathan, Loveless, The Banishment, um, in Russian. And then I would find other material like on Netflix and podcasts in Russian. And that's all I did. And by the time I was done, um, I was able to speak with my boyfriend's mother, who speaks no English, by the way, speaks German and Russian. Now, my German's basic minimum. and uh, But I understand it better than I can speak it. And we spoke for three hours over Skype in Russian. And it was like the most freeing experience ever. So... You know, I, I tell people that all the time. You need to find someone to speak with. If you can't find someone to speak with, speak to yourself. You know, throw it up online. Do whatever you got to do to get get it out. You're so right, Chanel. Chanel, you know, um, I'm also an Esperantist. I, I love Esperanto, and I have for many years. And I went to a summer session at the University of California, San Diego, for Esperanto, the whole thing, like, you know, two weeks or whatever was 100% all the classes in Esperanto and the dormitories, people only spoke Esperanto. And I had a teacher, Kathleen Kovac, who was a Hungarian, who her whole life was Esperanto. And I asked her, I said, how did you learn this language? And she said, what I did was I talked to myself. I would walk down the street and I would have imaginary conversations. So here's a tree and the tree has green leaves and you know underneath it there is a dead body lying there and so forth right. <laughs> and you know there's blood coming out of it and there's a knife and what's the Esperanto word for knife I don't remember sticking out of the chest so let me look that up when I get home etc and so she did this every single day and she also told me she said there are musicians who have bands, who have groups where all their music is in Esperanto. And she said, <clears throat> a lot of them really can't speak the language that well, but by singing these songs constantly, they, they've gotten to a point where they can converse in the language and do different things. So there are many, many w- different ways. Personally, what I found useful is to talk with people like you mentioned with your um, boyfriend's mother and I have to say that um, it's important for me to do that because and it's important for me to do it on a regular basis because otherwise it's sporadic and I don't really get that much Uh, I tried for many years to find people to talk with but the reality is you know people are busy right they have other things to do than just sit and talk with you. And and also, especially at the beginning, the conversations from a learner, someone who's learning, say, Russian, but hasn't a lot of experience speaking it, are at a pretty basic level. Right. They are not there to be your teacher. That's not their job description in life. So one of the things that I wanted to do, and this is why I mentioned that site, helpful for me, these are people who you pay them a minimal sum. I mean, I'm only like $18 an hour to this person who is incredible. 
and all we do is speak this language. Now, I studied Russian with Boroshechman, and the way it worked was this. Each lesson was three hours, nonstop, and I was not permitted to speak any English at all. He wouldn't. Oh, my God, I would have loved that. He, w he would not allow me to talk in English. I had to rush. At the beginning, I could talk for five minutes. I remember one point, he would sit there and listen to me, and he would make notes, and he would base the remainder of the lesson on what happened during my conversation, or my monologue is more like it. Right. And and then he would say to me, you have just spoken in Russian for 45 minutes nonstop. And then he said, and this is what we're going to work on today based on what you said. We're going to go over these grammatical points and give you this vocabulary, etc." And I did this every single week for three hours for three years. And then, you know, like I said, things ended. Um, but... He would have me to give you an example, and this is how he taught these other people Russian. He would get all these emigres who were retired, and he would hold a party for them. And then I would have to give a talk in Russian in front of all of these Russian speakers, and I would have to answer questions in Russian. And then I would have to circulate. He would have me, for example, call people, friends of his who were native Russian speakers and interview them on the telephone. And you know, oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's a different experience when you can't see the person and you're just speaking to them. He would have me call up and do all kinds of things to people in Russian. And he would be in the next room on the other line taking notes. And then he would come back and review it with me. I got a very, and this is part of the Michelle, of the Orishatman approach, which like I said, you know, I'm the only one as far as I know who, well, I am. I mean, he told me the only one who ever learned it from him. So I think the secret to really taking it to the next level after you've done the beginning levels with Michelle Thomas, because all of the languages, whether it's French or Italian or Mandarin or whatever, they're really going to take you up to a high beginner level. Right. And then what you need to do is you need to just talk, 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 talk with native speakers. And if you need to pay them, go for it. Right. I was lucky because I made so many cool friends that they were having their friends speak to me because they were learning English. And I have a TEFL cert to teach business English and English for young learners. So what I would do is we would do like an hour of speaking in English. And I, you know, they had confidence level problem with speaking because they thought that their grammar needed to be perfect and I said do you understand I'm a native English speaker I'm black and I'm visually impaired and my grammar in my own language is not perfect no one no one speaks perfect anything you know it, you know and I was like get out of a grammar book and just start talking just you know start speaking it's okay. No one's going to judge you. And I think that was what was wrong. They didn't have enough people to practice, and they didn't have anyone to help build their confidence either because, you know, if you live in Russia, 
you know, if you go outside of Moscow, St. Petersburg, Sochi, you know, certain places, you, they mostly speak Russian. Yeah. And, and there's no English. And if, what little English they do learn, it's probably British English, it's not American English. And they're, um, you know, they don't have the resources or, you know, the exposure to someone to speak with on a daily basis. So speaking with me was like a godsend for them. And my boyfriend, what he would do is he would speak English all the time. So when we get on the phone, he would just, we're speaking Russian. You're going to improve. We're speaking Russian. I don't care if you mess up on the grammar. We're speaking Russian. And I would listen to what he would say in Russian and I would visualize it in my head auditorily. Okay, this is where he put that word. Oh, this is what that meant. Okay, well, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't interrupt him because I wanted to get as much of it in my head as possible. And I would sit there and I would just speak and speak and speak. And I enjoyed it. You know, I didn't feel like it was something that was forced out of my brain. You know, unlike Spanish, where I'm fluent in Spanish as well, but I'm more comfortable singing the language than speaking it because it wasn't my language of choice. So I didn't have any other options and, and um, the community college I was at. So Spanish was it. I wanted to do Russian, Italian, French, maybe Arabic, not Spanish, but I did it anyway. And I became fluent just by listening and, and speaking, but it's not my de facto language. I, I enjoy Russian a lot better. And um, I'm more comfortable speaking it, even though I haven't spoken it in probably about two years. But I still I still do it to myself. And um, I'll still listen to stuff in, in Russian. And like President Putin's uh, press conference he did at the beginning of the year for four hours. And, you know, when you can start getting affected by what people are saying, you know, and they're telling their stories in that language and you're learning their language, it it does change your whole thought process, your whole mindset, you know, how you view people. And here in Akron, we have um, a large amount of Russians here and we have, you know, people from Asia, whether they're from mainland China, Thailand, um, Vietnam, uh, Korea, Japan, and then we have some people from Ukraine and Poland and um, Pakistan, uh, Afghanistan, Iraq, Yemen, um, Iran, um, Lebanon, Egypt, um, Palestine. So we have we have a, you know some French, some Italian, some Pennsylvania Dutch, and. Um, people from India who speak Hindi I mean there's so demand for Hindi speakers that they want to teach Hindi uh, for free to people you know and Urdu is a big language over here along with Somali as well and right now I'm doing a lot of speaking Levantine Arabic and Egyptian Arabic with people because I run into a lot of Arabs and a lot of Asian people and Russian people more so, um, yeah, I, I kind of just do those. Um, like I'll go to restaurants and I'll order food in the language and have a basic conversation. I just, I won't go in there speaking a lick of English. 
I just walk in there speaking what bit of the language I know. And I mean, people have asked me to come back and speak with their managers. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's how much I enjoy, you know, learning languages and promoting language learning. And I don't even have a degree in languages. My degree is in theater and film. So I'm too a creative person. So for me, you know, using this method and, you know, I, I might go back up into one of the Chinese places and try to order some food once I get to that point. <laughs> in Mandarin and see what happens. I did try to say thank you in Mandarin when I was at the Cleveland Clinic last month for a, or two months ago for um, an eye appointment. And I did, like, they didn't respond. <laughs> but that was okay. I, I, I attempted to, to say something and that was more important to me than a response. You have the right idea, Chanel. And I have to say hats off to you because this podcast that you're doing, which has so many followers and, and listeners all over the world, is um, is another creative thing that you've done, and you put it out there, and you're having all of these people that you're interviewing. You know, you're just sharing the wealth. I think it's amazing what you're doing. Thank you. I, you know, it's funny because um, I, I, had, I had interviewed Sarah Cole last year. And um, I've been doing affiliate marketing for the Michelle Thomas Method out of Boston, Massachusetts. And, you know, the, her question to me was, how do you learn all these languages so quickly? And I said, this is what I do. <laughs> I will learn the language, if, especially if it's one course. If it's a foundation course, I will go through that course one time. And then I will pretty much assimilate as much information as I can from the grammar to the, how this happened. You know, I will analyze it like I'm analyzing a book, for instance. And, you know, I will go and say, well, this is what I got out of it. This is how I felt about it. You might not agree, but you might want to check this out. If you want to, you can get, you know, 35% off by using blah, blah, blah code. And, you know, I've gotten a lot of people who you know, when I did the Mandarin, people were happy. When I did the, the Korean, people were happy. And the Japanese, oh, my God, people went nuts. And then when I started doing the Arabic, and because someone asked me that I review all of them yet, and I, I said, I'm almost done. I'm not done yet. I, I still have a few more left to do. And um, But I, I did tell them, I said, it's time-consuming. Do not assume that... My brain is like this big encyclopedia of every language I've studied because I did it for review purposes for the show and for the company. And if people buy the course, then that's great. You know, I mean, people have bought it since I've, I've been doing affiliate marketing for them since last September. And I'm doing another year with them uh, up until next year. Um, but personally, like I told them, I said, you know, I I don't see a lot of people's podcasts where they're interviewing the people who created these courses, you know, because at the end of the day, you can go buy a course, but if you don't know how it was made, you don't know how the person had, you know, created it, you know, what steps do they have to take, marketing, advertising, um, getting the students, you know, I mean, there's so many passes they got to go through in order to be able to, you know, 
Start recording. Stop recording. Button. It's not as accessible as um, a lot of the other courses. Um, I did Osimil Russian when they when when it was put on the Memorize app, and I did all five thousand words. So I and trust me, if I if I have to hear the word again for drill or tennis shoe, not tennis shoe, or shoelace or whatever. It would be a long time coming. Um, but, I mean, I use the Memorize app as well to to get more vocabulary in my head. I think I did like six out of seven courses. And um, I think I had over like 10,000 words or something like that. But I also did a lot of listening. And, and that helped with my listening comprehension in real speed, real time, real speed not slowing it down um because that just puts me in sleep but i would go back to the michelle thomas russian course all three courses just to make you know there would be certain parts you know you would forget and then i would just go back to it especially the advanced the intermediate and the vocabulary builder and um i just soaked it up like a sponge and um to me, when I when I put the Mandarin course in, you know, I was like, oh, let me see how this is. I I don't know if I'm gonna learn anything or not. And I mean, I haven't spoken any Mandarin since I reviewed the course back in August. I mean, I still can remember how to say I don't speak Mandarin well, <laughs> but um. But at the same time, too, like, I didn't know how to say that before. The fact I know how to say that now says volumes, you know. And I will have to say, when you learn an Asian language, whether it's Mandarin, Cantonese, Thai, Vietnamese, Indonesian, um, Japanese, um, you, people are so warm and friendly and they're happy to hear that you're speaking their language and um i just want to say um thank you for creating this course this series of courses i'm not done yet with the mandarin though i i might just go back and review the first one again and then go on to the other two and review both of those um for the show and for the company but um I just have to say, I really have, I, I give my hat off to you because that took a lot of guts to, to create that course, those series of courses. And the fact that you're actually going to do Hebrew, that's like freaking awesome. Because someone asked me, do you know Hebrew? No. I, and, and, and it's not because I don't want to know it. I guess my problem is, is that if I can't find somebody to speak with in real life, and it's not as popular of a language spoken around my town. I'm not going to, unless I'm going to do it to, you know, review it for the company or the show. If someone asks me, then I might go ahead and do it. But as far as making it a permanent part of my language life, not so much. But... 
think that's awesome. I know that Mich- uh, Sarah said that they are, they're, they're going to put out eventually a Danish course and a Thai course as well. Because I had asked about a few other languages that, that would be good for the, the, the company itself, like Icelandic, Finnish. Um, a lot of people are learning Hungarian. Um, it would be cool to have like Levantine Arabic, Iraqi Arabic, and Moroccan Arabic um, as well, because that would kind of complete the uh, the house of Arabic, I would say, dialects. And um, Video, adult, bookshelf, eyeglasses, television, you. Stop recording. I want to thank Dr. Harold Goodman for coming onto the show to talk about his creating the Michelle Thomas Mandarin course, his 10 years spent with Michelle Thomas, and for the lovely conversation that we had. Our conversation was over two hours and six minutes long in length. However, due to technical difficulties, the last hour of our conversation was cut short to only one hour and six minutes. I hope that you guys enjoy this episode. Um, I know I enjoyed interviewing him. I pretty much got the majority of the information that... Um, I wanted to get about his time working with Michelle Thomas and with um, creating the course. There was more that he had um, given me about other projects that he was going to be um, doing in the future in regards to the Yiddish language and wanting to um, work on Yiddish after Hebrew. Um, and some backstory about the Yiddish language and its historical contents to Hebrew. Um, and I thought you guys would have enjoyed that. I'm sorry that the um, recording wasn't able to be um, used due to technical difficulties. But I really enjoyed talking to Dr. Harold Goodman um, Toda, Harold, um, Shalom, and I have to be honest, you know, after doing the taster um, course on the Polyglot Conference this morning, and I learned a little bit of um, Hebrew, and it made me think that Maybe this would be an interesting language to pursue. And even if it's like just a little bit of it. So, Toda Herot, Shalom. And I hope that you guys enjoy this episode of the podcast. Um, this will be episode 192. And 
please feel free to look up Dr. Goodman's sites, his YouTube channel, Harold Goodman at YouTube, and his site, learnatarium.com. You will find a lot of information. And I just want to say I really enjoyed speaking with Dr. Harold Goodman. We will have to do another interview um, later on down the road because there's so much information that he has in his brain that I would love to pick um, it a little bit more. So once again, um, Toda, Harold, Shalom. And remember, language learning is a journey, not a race. Enjoy the podcast, enjoy the process, and I'll see you guys in the next episode of Chanel's Language Learning Journey Podcast. Shalom.